Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. So there's a reason why I started Blood Origins. And that reason is simple. Is that I wanted to convey the truth about hunting. It brings awareness to, to non-hunters that it's, it's more than just killing animals. How do I start it? Brittany. My name. My name. Is. Does my hair look okay? It's fantastic. My name is Mike Axelrod. Start again. Yeah, I hated it too. Braxton, <laughs> you said something in the car to me. You said that you were living on borrowed time. Mm. There's a perception around who hunters are, what we're supposed to be, and a, a feminist that works for a nonprofit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. Y'all turn us up, girl. Turn us up. I did up. that at one point and you yelled at me and said it was too loud. I can hear it coaching, it's fine. She's yelling at me. Cody, welcome back to the um, roundup. You Jeez, made it. We missed you last week. You made it today. No scheduling conflicts today? Uh, I am a, uh, to a, to a fault, a creature of habit. Mm. And all the technology in the world, including a calendar item telling me last week that the roundup was at 5 p.m. my time couldn't break my habit of it being at six. So when someone needed to pick up from football practice, I volunteered and went and did it. And mm. at 10 till five, as I arrived the 20 minute drive away at football practice, my calendar item popped up and you text me somewhat simultaneously. And uh, I was just screwed. I was 20 minutes away. Like I. No, no excuse whatsoever. It wasn't a scheduling mm. conflict. It was a complete user error on where I, where I had my body at. I was in the wrong place. Yeah, we missed you. Jim Cucurudo missed you. He had quite a little um, adventure of which bourbon we were going to uh, select for him to drink. Yeah. Um, I did notice that you brought your agave to the table today in full force. Your 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 glass could not fit any more agave in it today well, no time to for refills that is true that is true Aaron Merrill um knowing that you have good bourbon and whiskey in your I house did. are you drinking good whiskey and bourbon or are you just drinking just water drinking water 
Dang. I just came from putting the kids down. Like there wasn't a whole lot of time mm. to stop by. And... Cody, when we were visited, Erin, uh, her husband was gracious enough to break out the Lagi Vulan. Oh wow! Fourteen-year-old. Wow. It was quite a an experience. We took care of you pretty well. I it is imprinted so graciously on my memory that um, when we sell this bloody house. I am going to buy a bottle of Lagibulin, 14-year-old. Excellent. And I may drink a lot of it <laughs> in one night. <sighs> Cody. Yes. Uh, any text messages? You know, I tried to read text messages last week. Clearly, I couldn't. Uh, disappointed our audience. And so I asked them to send a couple of text messages to us. Did you happen to receive any? text messages about um we did get quite a few text messages said missing cody um i got one that says uh we're supposed to harass you for missing the roundup this week it's never really <laughs> as much fun to harass someone when you've been told to so consider yourself harassed and don't do that again <laughs> i like it who was that that was from james from ohio who thank you james from ohio i don't want to uh now, we, now. we have more to come from James from Ohio. James has okay, great. James has a very cool story. Um, that maybe, you're going to podcast separately with him, right? About. Yeah, let me ask you this real quick. Why does the phrase, like the phrase adult onset hunter, not the action or the act of being one, weirdly those words perturb me. Is that just, is that just childish Why? and immature on my part? I don't know. Yeah, I guess it's been bastardized somehow, somewhere. It's ridiculous. And I don't. It. 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 it uh... What would else would you call it? It's the perfect description for it. It's a late adult onset hunter. Yeah. No. No. Or is it I, a late I, adult hunter? Think, no, it's not. It's an onset. He. He. They came to it. Right. I think I'm. I think I'm being. No, I, I. I think I'm being immature and childish about it. I do. I just for some reason I just. Uh, the phrase is weird to me. Not, what would I'm you not, call it? Just, I don't know. He's just a hunter. I mean, what am I? Am I an early childhood onset hunter? <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't grow up hunting. I didn't start going with my dad until I was 20. Yeah, but you're just a hunter. Mm, I, I see your point of not classifying it. I we see your a, point. We don't need but... to label you as any different than me who is, I mean, I'm at the 41-year mark. There's nothing adult onset about me i'm at the 41 year mark of hunting that's not my age that's how long <laughs> i've been hunting um but i don't i don't well, i don't know why they're any different i'm mean, you know they just i don't I, I don't i don't want to be an early childhood onset hunter i just want Maybe to be a it's so it's so unique you know it's not like they grew up in a hunting family they where they were going out every every time there was some place to go hunting and it wasn't until like for me, it wasn't until I was at a, well, I was in college, but you know, I was done with all the sports. I, I didn't go hunting with my dad as I grew up. I didn't start until I was an adult. So it's sort of like the starting point where it's uncommon to start as an adult. Typically. Yeah, I, I understand all that. I just, think, would I you just, prefer a beginner hunter? I would just prefer hunter. They're, they're just a hunter. I don't care when they started hunting. We we can still all talk about it and enjoy. It. It's like, it's like, 
I, I don't know. I don't know. This How long has this been like scratching at you? Well, I honestly don't like. I don't know why. It, like, I don't. I feel like someone came up with it as a way to put people in a bucket when they're when they're just hunters. I don't know. None of it. This is stupid, and I don't. I I get mad at myself that when I hear it, it it irritates me. Anyway. James has kind of through text messages kept us up to date. Don't get in, uh, James. Don't take this wrong. I'm not saying anything about the fact that you do refer to your had referred to yourself at one time as an adult onset hunter. I realize you were just giving me information, but I think that you're just a hunter, James. That's what I think. And uh, James's story, uh, we're not going to ruin it. We're going to we're going to build up the uh, mystique. The anticipation of James's story got a whole lot more interesting in the last week as a hunter, um, and I'm going to podcast, or would, someone, would, all of us, or me, or somebody is going to podcast with James and uh, kind of delve into that a little bit, because he was cool enough in the text messages to share his uh, story. Moving on. Sorry, sorry for the derailment. Dave from Wisconsin. We're used to it. Dave probably... Uh, I'll give Dave top texter award currently. Dave Dave texts texts us fairly frequently. Um, and his last text was to give us a heads up that the Wisconsin DNR is holding a public comment period about the new wolf management plan. Have they released it? Um, I assume they have if, they, if they're taking public comment. We need to find that. Someone send it to us. Yeah, he, Who's he listening sent, to this podcast? Send us a, this uh, strategy. He sent a uh, link to their Facebook where they release the uh, survey update and talk about the public comment period. Here's my question. And to give you the credit, Robbie, you brought this up the last time we were on a podcast discussing the wolf. Isn't the wolf reclassified in Wisconsin right now? 100%. So I guess they're just getting their ducks in a row. For when it potentially gets delisted. If someone could clear that up for me, that would be all right. Because there's a shit ton of conversation all over the place about the... Well, it doesn't stop that. It doesn't stop the statewide conversation about management. It actually may force the issue a little bit further. Because I think if a state has a approved wolf management plan like Wyoming, that's why Wyoming isn't included is that they went through all the steps that U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service told them to go through. So they've checked all the boxes, essentially. You can have a management plan for a species that is on the ESA? You can have a management plan, yes. It doesn't mean that you're hunting right. them. Okay. It just means that you have, you have done all of the research and all the science behind, hey, this is how we would manage that species. And Fish and Wildlife Service is actually expecting that and wanting to see that and wanting to see how it's going to be implemented. But just a couple of weeks ago, there was a lot of conversation about them not having a plan and being ready for a wolf hunt this year, wasn't there? Or did I-, I think so, but that I think may have been lost in translation in that news article. Okay, all right, because there can't. Okay. All right. Correct. That's that's uh that's really the gist of a couple other texts um saying Robbie told us to harass you. Perfect. Um, I love it. Love it. The, Bring uh, it, boys. That's the gist of the uh Mark 
It's probably Mark. There's probably hundreds of texts. Cody's just saying there's only, only three. A couple, right. Oh crap! Mm-hmm. Mark from Georgia. Yes, is this Mark Williams from Georgia, the commissioner? Um, did he send you a picture? He did. And is it a picture of him wearing Blood Origin swag? Holding the mouth of a very large alligator open. It is. I, I, yep. I was going to mention the picture, and literally just now when I opened it back up, that I noticed the Blood Origin shirt. <laughs> uh, so uh, that's cool. Uh, that is huge. Like, to me, Mark Williams, we're actually going to go see Mark Williams in two weeks um, to pre-scout a potential success untold project in the state of Georgia. Well, I am. Uh, I just text him that we are talking. Where about hunters right are now. saving sea turtles. Excellent. I like that. And Mark, thanks for sharing the picture. I was going to discuss it anyway, and I will admit that I just now noticed that you had the Blood Origin shirt on. So that text that you just got is uh, we're talking about you on the podcast right now. That uh, that that's kind of it for the text messages. Again, a couple of uh, others making fun of me, but that's about it. Uh, let me throw out a, a shout out, um, not a shout out, actually a request. We, uh, like to raise our profile and our stakes of our podcast. And one way that we can do that is by you giving us a five-star rating and a review on Apple podcasts. You cannot, cannot leave a review on pod, on Spotify, but you can give us a five-star rating. If you'll do that, it'll take a minute out of your day, uh, screenshot that for us. Um, you can email that to us at info at bloodorigins.com. Cody, they can text it to us at 620-860-4804. Or you can Instagram DM us. And, uh, what we'll do is we'll throw you all in a hat, a proverbial hat, and we'll draw one name and we'll send you a hat and, uh, we'll send you a blood origins hat. The one that Cody's wearing, it's not for sale. It's not on the web. You can't really see Cody showing the hat because one. we don't. Aaron, you do not have one. I have was thinking about that today. Have you us a five-star rating give... on your favorite podcast format? Yeah, come on. Look at her. She's doing it right now. She wants to be in it to win it. I like it. You can't win. No, we Aaron. need to send you a care package, and we need to send Grace in a care package. You can't win. You don't know how many times I've contemplated quitting this gig so I could win a contest. Right? <laughs> All those supporter program items, all those great hunts. Right. Like just for the month of October, I won't work here just so I can be eligible to win a duck hunt. Yeah, 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 (laughs) yeah. So do that, screenshot it to us, and uh, win a hat. It's an awesome hat. It's a really cool leather patch with the Blood Origins on the leather patch. Black or green. We'll give you a choice of color, and we'll send it to you. Speaking of a duck hunt. Hmm. We have a phenomenal October supporters drive. So if you are not a supporter and you are listening to this podcast, the question is, why are you not? Number one. Number two, okay, here's some incentives for you to join Blood Origins. We have an incredible duck hunting package in the month of October. If you just want to sign up for $3 a month, $4 a month, $5 a month, that's fantastic. You can do that and you'll be entered into a very very exclusive private duck hunt that you and then you can choose a buddy to come along with you uh get yourself to kansas city we'll take care of the rest uh to an afternoon and a morning of duck hunting 
uh, incredible duck hunting. This guy says he puts his, his lodge and his wetlands up against anyone in the Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Sibby Flower, Cody? If you, uh, I thought I was in Kansas. It is in Kansas. That's the Central Flyway. That oh, I thought. Uh, same deal. Also, instead of taking your buddy along, have your buddy also sign up to be a supporter. Yeah. Mm. And double your chances at you two going on a private duck hunt. Right. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's how this brain um, works. See how this brain works? I like it. I like that brain working. We also have a bunch of gear that you can win. You can win a call from Raggio Custom Calls here in Mississippi, a tan acrylic call. You can win one of those new light boots. I bought myself a pair of these light boots out of West Point, Mississippi, Cody. They are light. Waders. They're waders? No, no, no. They're knee boots, like lacrosse knee boots. Okay. Um, but they are superbly to get in and out, just like a muck boot. But they are like the the standard simple neoprene, not neoprene, rubber boot. Yeah. It's a great little boot. So we've got a pair of those. We've got um, two pieces of gear from First Light, right, yeah. Aaron? Yeah, uh, bibs and a jacket. Bibs and a jacket. We've got Ren and Ivy on board. If you don't know who Ren and Ivy is, Ren and Ivy is like the like the Filson of the duck hunting world. They create like amazing leather goods for duck hunting. They become, it's almost like legacy items, heritage items. So they're giving us a Diddy bag, which is like $350 and a gun case, which is $350 as well. Uh, we got some pop-up blind stuff. We've got some game totes, uh, a dope kit, a dop kit from them. We've got a duck den, nesting cavity. Um, we've got a dozen decoys, mallet decoys and rigs. From GNH Decoys, one of the oldest, the oldest American-made decoy company in the States. What did I miss? I don't think I missed anybody. I probably did miss someone. Oh, yes, Outdoor Edge Knives has a big razor pack of knives to be given away. And obviously the private land duck hunt. But there is another thing that we need to add to here. Is that if you decide just to give 10 bucks a month. Not three bucks, not four bucks, but you say, look, we'll give you 10 bucks a month because you know that the money's going to what you guys do. You will get entered into another duck hunt. And Cody, if I'm following your brain correctly, because I can feel it telepathically coming through to me, get your buddy to mm -hmm. sign up at 10 bucks a month as well, and you get added into that duck hunt right. too. Here's what, here's what a person could do, okay? Go for it. Did, only one person in your friend group can can run this scam that I'm about. I'm about to give you a legitimate scam to run. Okay, call all your hunting buddies mm -hmm. independently, all of them. And like, for instance, I would not want to do this to both of you, but I could call Aaron privately and say, "Hey, Aaron, I'm going to take you enter into this thing. I'm going to enter into it. If either one of us wins, we go hunting. We go on a duck hunt." Then I'm going to call Robbie. I'm going to be like, hey, Robbie, sign up to be a Blood Origin supporter. Get entered into this thing. We can both go on a duck hunt. Either one of – if I win, I'm taking you. Right. 
And in the <laughs> meantime, I'm calling Robbie and saying, hey. No, no, no. Don't complicate this. It's not going to happen. I'm pretending you two don't really know each other all that well. We hunt together independently. Gotcha. I'm telling you, you can call uh, like 20 friends and run this scam. So there are requirements. Like right. friend yeah, level. Yeah. You, you want to tell them to keep it on the down low because you don't want it getting back to all your friends that you made the same promise to all of them. Right, right. But you could really jack your chances up of winning this duck hunt. But then plan on continuing to be a supporter after October because we have more hunts and more great giveaways. Every in November, month. December, January. I mean, we got some pretty sweet stuff coming in 2023. Every so month. Don't like, Every cancel month it after the first month. You got to stay involved. Absolutely. Absolutely. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. What else? Anything other any other admin? Uh no, Amazon how about how about smile.amazon.com? Amazon smile dot com. No, smile.amazon.com. If you go there, um that's don't the, listen to me. Listen to Cody. You can pick your yep. you can pick your charity, which Blood Origins is a registered 501c3 with our lovely IRS. And you could pick your, you could pick us, and and it doesn't cost you anymore. It's Amazon's money right. that's coming to us. If you go there, pick Blood Origins as your charity. Every time you shop at Smile, you got to go to smile.amazon.com, pick Blood Origins, buy your whatever paper towels and and uh, socks off of Amazon, and we get a little bit of a way to support us as well if you have the opportunity. And with the holidays coming up, it's a fantastic mm-hmm. time to do it. Now we're talking Christmas presents. Right. I can post my uh, Amazon wish list in the show notes of this episode if you want me to. To help. Uh, Sure. Why not? I'd be curious just to see what was on that list. Mm. It's it's, it's pretty boring. It's like tools. (laughs) I really want a sawmill. I have one of those. You want to sell it? You catch my dad on the right day, he'll say yes. You want to move to Maine and run it? Oh. Just just go to Maine and like run a couple of pieces of wood through right. it. That's all you really need it for. No, I want I want to make my own lumber, but I don't want to buy the sawmill. And what are you going to use the lumber for? Oh, I build lots of stuff. None of it's good. It, it's none of it. Like, I can't do anything pretty at all. Like, everything I build is very utilitarian. Sturdy. Like, the stuff I build lasts, but I build lots of stuff. Mm. You may need to give us some some pictures Absolutely. next time of I'm, things that you built. I'm laying on a giant bench bed that I built right here in our uh, oh nice in our outdoor office. Nice, nice. Well, let's uh, let's get to it. Let's get to the articles of the week, the roundup articles of the week. Uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to start with something that's not even on the list. Because it is cutting news, it's current events. It is something that we will uh, put a separate podcast out about. Uh, I think tomorrow. I think the, the the Monday, the Tuesday podcast will be this podcast. Um, South Australia, South Australia. The Deputy Premier of South Australia, a lady by the name of Dr. Susan Close, who is the Deputy Premier and she is the Minister for Environment. Land and water or something like that. Anyway, she's in the Labour Party. The Labour Party are in in government, not the Liberal Party. And uh, they have a campaign promise. And the campaign promise coming into being elected was that they are going to ban bow hunting and crossbows in South Australia. 
And it all stems from an article written by the RSPCA in which they showed an, a sea lion, who's, which is an endangered animal in South Australia, uh, with a long bow arrow near its head, and it's dead. And look, Erin, the way that you're, the way your image, your, your right? face, we hate it. Hunters don't like no. that. So that's what started it all. And she was uh, on a radio interview. And we've been waiting to hear what she has to say. And on this radio interview, pretty much the premise of why they stand behind the banning of bow hunting is twofold. Number one, and the most important one, is that the general consensus, she never articulates what consensus is, the general community, the general stakeholders, the general Australian public, have already voiced their opinion about bow hunting, and it is banned everywhere else in Australia and South Australia needs to follow suit. Well, that's a lie. Because bow hunting is legal in every state of Australia except Tasmania. So she's standing her opinion on a, on a on a false narrative, number one. And then number two is that it's the whole premise of that bow and arrows are less lethal, are inhumane. Cody, what do you think about that? Do you think a bow and arrow is less lethal? Maybe if you have it in your hands. <laughs> but I'll shoot, I'll shoot with pronghorn you. antelope, right? I'll shoot I'm with just, you I'm any day, buddy. I'll shoot with you any day. Here's the first thing. You said that she's never defined general consensus. She doesn't need to define that. The word, the phrase general consensus has a very distinct and, and defined mm -hmm. definition already. That's another lie on her part that the general consensus is not that because literally the smallest political or geographical area of Australia is the only place the bow hunting is outlawed. Um, and no, I don't, I don't believe I do. I do. Uh, no, I mean, it, it, having a broadhead run through you does just as it, much it, damage, it, if not, if not more at times than having a bullet run through you. Well, interestingly enough, um, she obviously mentions RSPCA a lot. The Facebook of RSPCA, yada, yada, yada. So clearly there's a lobby group there tied back to her. Interestingly enough, if you go into the science of bow and arrows and arrow architecture and blade architecture, arrow wounds are meant to lacerate. They're not meant to crush. And when you look at the human medicine uh, portfolio, the human medicine case studies, any sort of deep laceration or deep cut actually is not painful at all. It actually has very little pain to no pain versus a bullet wound that is expanding, that is crushing, that is um, tissue destroying, okay? And so what a bow and arrow is designed for is designed for deep lacerations that results in significant blood loss, which, which would result in a thing called hypovolemic shock which is when you lose more than 35% of your blood, uh, which results then in significant weakness, which then results in unconsciousness, which results in death. 
if you continue blood, losing your blood loss. So the idea that, I don't know, again, the science, and this is all social science and social perspective at the end of the day, or social perception, is that, yeah, I can understand why people think bow and arrows are less lethal and why bow and arrows are cumbersome or old school or traditional or whatnot. But, jeez, man, the science says opposite. What sort of requirements do they, like, what do you have to get for safety or for licensing or whatnot before you have a, before you can go out and go bow hunting there? Yeah, it's a good good question. There are no regulations around bow hunting in Australia. Unlike guns, guns are highly, highly, highly regulated in Australia. So it's not like you have to take an archery class before you're able to no. go out and... no. Not that I know of. Someone can correct me, but no, not that I know of. And so that was one of the suggestions of actually the the party that was before the labor. They did a whole study. They said, here are some recommendations, none of which were banning. But rather, yeah, let's let's have some regulations. Okay, get a license. Okay. Go through an archery safety class or something. Yeah. Yeah. But there's always going to be yahoos, right, Cody? There's always going to be dickheads that just... Decide to throw a bow and arrow, a field tip at a cockatoo or a wallaby, and it just you know hops around, flies around with a bloody arrow in it. Yeah, but those aren't hunters. It's a, it's it, those aren't hunters. Those are just jackasses. And it, it, it here's the big thing to me, and and I'm gonna sound like some kind of weirdo, you know, dude that lives on a mountain. But don't you have something else to do? Don't you have something else to do that would help the people of Australia? Like maybe nothing, like maybe just, you know, get a day job and go do politics when you need to, instead of creating shit. And that, it, that that's to me the biggest point. I, I understand the science behind the lack of pain from the laceration and the equalness or, or increased lethality from an arrow as opposed to a bullet and, I, I understand all of that, but the big point to me is, don't you have anything else to do? Like, isn't there like 500... <laughs> Bigger problems. Yeah. Right. Yeah, these are people, good hunters, hunters, ethical hunters, not people shooting right. endangered marine mammals or people shooting, you know, pretty birds to be jacked. Those aren't hunters. Those are assholes with a bow, okay? But can't you just... Can't you find another thing that that would help the people of South Australia or the whole country of Australia more than this? It's just it's it's why I'm a just borderline just done with the government is this need to find some type of social justice thing to go after. I mean, aren't aren't there people in Australia that need the help of the power of your office, lady? You know, I I don't know. That's that's all that rings through my head on this. And I I understand there's better, more intelligent arguments, but good lord, find something to do that helps the people of your that helps your constituents, um, and leave leave the people that are feeding their families alone. I I don't know. I it just blows my mind that that's the 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 time she's burning time on that. She's burning time mm-hmm. and a government salary on that. 
That's where I'm at with it. But holy smoke, Siren. This is the scenario that we keep telling about, okay. that we keep preaching about. Some idiotic instance that an individual didn't think, yes, I agree with you, Cody, they're not hunters if this is what they do. But they're in our community because they decided to pick up the bow and arrow and they started to decide to use it. Um, and that image and that consequence has now gotten to a point where this thing is going to be is going to try to get banned. Okay, this is not. And I, I would totally, I would, I would do the, you know, requirements for a class so you know how to do it. I'd make you buy a license, and then I would take all that money and use it to some for something good. Generate some revenue, make ethical hunters, which sucks, but make them go through a course, pay twenty bucks mm -hmm. or whatever. And then mm -hmm. say you're going to have X number of dollars that you're using for, I don't know what, con some sort of conservation effort. This is not a counter to the point that you just made, Robbie. Okay, I agree with you that this person that shot the cockatoo or sea whatever. Line. Whoever decided to shoot the sea lion has resulted. That, that image and that shot right. and that action has resulted to where we are right now. Right, but there's two problems here. One of the problems is fixable, and one of the problems is not because of human nature. The problem that's not fixable is assholes. Okay? Correct. It's just not fixable. There's always going to be people that do stupid, isolated things. Right? This sea lion was a jackass. N not the sea lion itself. The person that <laughs> shot the sea lion. Right? Right. The problem that is fixable is people in power taking a extremely isolated incident and trying to step on other people's freedoms and rights because of it. Okay. Now I, I agree with you a hundred percent. I'd love to find the person that shot the sea lion and just smack the crap out. If we find them, we'll send Craig Merton to just knock them senseless, right? I would love for that to happen, but we can't fix that problem. We can't fix jackasses. There's right. always going to be those people. The problem that that we that that is that should not be as hard to fix is people in power reacting to those isolated and rare incidents and taking sweeping measures to step on all of the bow hunters in Australia that didn't shoot the sea lion. Because there's tons of them. There's tens of thousands of them, if not more. I don't know. That that's that's the point that it, to me it's 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 just like saying social media is the problem. No, it's not. Social media is a problem, but it makes but it's it's people that are causing that problem. And the real problem here is a person in political power taking very isolated incidents and attacking tens of thousands of people's. <laughs> lifestyles because of it that's the problem so what's the hunting community saying or what are they doing right now to push back uh we are it's almost like a wait and see type scenario um there's some people that are like let's push out some message there's some that are like wait 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 i think politically it's not going to go anywhere mm -hmm. uh so we're going to push out some just some <laughs> general 
exactly what Cody says. Stop painting a a broad brushstroke across all the community because of one person who flaunts the law. And the the examples we use in our in our content is, you know, a rugby player. Because I had to talk in what sports Australians understand. Um, takes a performance enhancing drug doesn't mean that all rugby players take performance enhancing drugs. You know, someone who's a drunk driver causes property damage and, you know, dare we say a fatality doesn't mean that everyone's a drunk driver and all cars need to be banned. Speaking of rugby. Yeah, the greatest sport in the world. Yes, I'm hearing. I'm listening to you. Here's a tip for you before you plan your next uh, South African hunting trip for every anyone listening. Try to do it outside of rugby season. Why? Well, be- it's amazing to watch no, with South Africans. Pretty much, this is all a joke. And everyone, I had m- m- the best trip I've ever been on in my life, probably. Um, but when South Africa played Australia in rugby, it's like there was no hunting during that time frame. <laughs> it was no. It's like it's like when Brazil's playing soccer, the country stops. We set, when South Africa is playing rugby, the country stops. We sat in a room with uh, three PHs and uh, Carl's dad and myself. Hundred percent. I was the. I tried so hard. Like I would literally bite my tongue for five, ten minutes trying not to ask questions because I do not understand the actual rules of rugby. And then I would, you know, they're screaming at the TV in a way, you know, like Pittsburgh Steelers fans do. And uh, and every once in a while, I'd be just like, I don't I don't have any idea what just happened. But we spent an afternoon watching watching uh, South Africa play Australia. And. Uh, the understatement of the year would be they care about that rugby game. There we go. There we go. All right, next article. Erin, do you have a choice of what you want to talk about? Between the articles? Yeah. Um, let's do the drones. Okay. Ah. Go ahead. We've painted an entire episode about making Cody look like a uh, anti-government fanatic. <laughs> While you were at football practice. <laughs> <laughs> So the state of Utah is going to start using drones. The state of Utah's wildlife department, whatever they're called. Right. Um, DNR. Utah DNR. Gonna, Come on. going to start using drones. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the article talks Do we think about it's the controversial? they're going to use it similar to a canine unit. So it would sort of be brought in after the fact. You know, if you're looking for a lost person or if you have shot an animal and can't find it as opposed to like you're out in the woods and something is flying overhead watching you. Well, it did say that they're going to do it for any private lands that uh, have some trespassing violations. So I assume that they could possibly be brought in for a private landowner saying, Hey, I know that people are on my land right now. Please go find them. Yeah. What do you think, Cody? I know that we had a significant discussion a couple of roundups ago 
about, and I was, you educated me about the power of law enforcement, game law, not law enforcement, sorry, the game wardens, um, authorities in this country. Yeah. Um, and because of that, because of that exact discussion, what's it called? The open field doctrine or the, uh, there's something that they can go and do anything, enter into any property, any premise without anything, right? Yeah, and it's it's uh, it's a listen. I'm a stickler. I text my local game warden to the point that I know that I annoy him, right? Because I am a stickler <laughs> for the law, and the, here's the reason I'm a stickler for the law: not because I think they're all right. But because I think that there's a group of people in our state wildlife agencies who, for the most part, are actively working to ensure the viability of hunting and fishing for a long time. I truly believe that. 620-860-4804, if you think I'm wrong. I believe that. Not all of them. Some of them are jackasses. Every group of people has their jackasses. My local game warden is a great guy. He's a hunter. Um, and... And I, I, I guarantee you, he's like, oh, God, Cody, please quit texting me because Colorado is insanely complicated with its laws, but I want to do the laws right. I don't want to break the law. A level of priority above that for me is the Constitution. And the, 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 you cannot. You just can't. You can't come onto my property. It's what makes America different than the vast majority of other countries is you can't come onto my property without just cause or a warrant. And holy crap, do drones make it really easy to come onto my property without just cause or a warrant. Now, you tell me that the Utah DNR is using drones for search and rescue on public lands, zero problem. That seems like a really, really rational and smart thing to do. You tell me that the Utah DNR is going to be flying drones over private property looking for wildlife violations. I've got a real problem. That's no different than the NSA tapping my phone to see. Yeah, but they, it's only like, there's only five of them. And there's just no, it's just there's too much expense of, of, of an area for someone to just be like, I'm just going to fly the drone to see if I can catch people in the act. Uh-uh. Our government. It's the same thing as the canine unit, man. They don't, the canine units aren't going out and just releasing the dogs and saying, go find shit. Come on. You can't, let's you be, can't, let's you be realistic can't now. Dr. Kroger, you're lying to yourself to think that the guy that's sitting in that DNR office running the drone. Or or out on the out on the road where he launched the drone is not going to float that thing a little bit over the fence to see what Cody's doing on his private property. Then do you get to shoot it? If it flies over my house, it's gonna you know it depends on how many agaves I'd have, but there's. <laughs> I don't know. We can't use drones to obviously for anything right now. Like a friend of mine just got, uh, had a successful moose hunt last week and they were oh, people on the road though. that um had a drone and they flew the drone up and they watched they saw where they were shooting but they couldn't actually find the moose because it was in a lot of thick stuff the people with the drone uh stacy and john had no problem finding it but um they were also adamant that they get the drone out so that if a warden were to drive by 
there would be no question as to whether or not they had been using one to find a moose. Yeah, but that's hunting. That's sort of fair chase. That brings in all sorts of, and that's already been like put to bed. Like nobody's using drones. Right. Well, let's fucking hope they're not to find animals and go in and shoot animals. Um, I don't know, Cody. I don't know. I'm telling you that it just opens up an opportunity. And here's a thing that I don't. Think it does. Lot. It does. It absolutely does. I agree. It with opens you. up an opportunity for it. It we. we the government has absolutely no right to know what's going on on my property. And that, li- li- listen, and I know a lot of people are like, what are you doing? Are you, got, you got human traffic? Like, what, what are you doing on your property? I'm not doing anything. I'm not doing anything you don't like. You're building a lot of robust structures. Right, benches. <laughs> and a benches is kind of my forte. I built this cool hanging bench in our cabin that someday I may share a picture of. It worked out great, but th- th- they don't have any right to know that. And it's it's insane how many people don't understand the difference that that makes us from a lot of other countries. That the government the government is not our leaders; they're our employees. They work for us in making this country go round, and. And I'm I'm not saying that the Utah DNR having drones in and of itself is a bad idea. I think drones for search and rescue is phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, I think drones for any, I think drones for reacting to something that has been reported is a good idea. I think it's more efficient, it's cost effective, and it's, and it's quicker, a quicker reaction. Like trespassing drones, or, or poaching? Those what's sorts that? Of like trespassing or poaching? Absolutely. Like, if, I call, if I call law enforcement and say, hey, somebody's on my property, come do something about it, yeah. that's totally different than law enforcement flying over my ranch to see if I'm doing anything wrong. Those are two- but isn't that, isn't, that, isn't that having your cake and eating it too, Cody? That's exactly what the Constitution allows me, Robbie. That's exactly what the Fourth Amendment allows me. Is it's none of the government's business what I'm doing on my property. No, 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 no. I'm going to, I'm going to back to the fact that you're, it sounded like you were against Utah DNR having drones. I think that... Yes or no? I am cautious. Is the best okay. word I can come up with. However, however, as a private landowner, if you knew someone was trespassing your land, you would want the Utah DNR to come out with their drones to catch the people. I would. Yes or no? I would absolutely never call. I would take care of it myself. Okay, okay. I thought I heard you say, yes, bring the no, drone. No, I think I if, like, if ah, I did call... It seems a little contradictory. No, if, if I did call... And and okay, first of all, I own thirty nine point eight seven acres. <laughs> if okay. you you if you own thirty thirty nine thousand acres, Cody, and something was happening, and I decided that I needed law enforcement, and I invited law enforcement. Absolutely, bring the drones. But I'm completely against them having open access, which which I'm not saying. And I, I read the article. I get that they're saying, here's what we're going to do. We're not going to do this. I'm just saying they need to be cautious and people need to keep an eye out. Because 
the government does not have the right to know what we're doing in our private lives. And I know a lot of people are going to be like, wow, Cody's a nut job lives up in the mountain. I'm not, I'm not, I I'm, I'm, you know, you're more than welcome to come to my house and hang out and have a drink and a, and a bite to eat and see that there's nothing nefarious going on here. But that's what separates us from the rest of the world is the government works for us. They're not our bosses. And, and I need to invite them or they need to have just cause and a warrant. And to include flying over my property with a drone. It, it's just what needs to happen. Got it. Next article. <laughs> As Cody gets to the bottom of his agave <laughs> drink. <laughs> and things get more and more interesting the deeper we go into this podcast. So let's go to the next article because I know the first question is on this article. So this is an article that was published on GoHunt.com. We're big fans of GoHunt. Have we got a contact into GoHunt? I think I chatted with someone at GoHunt. We should we should figure out that contact. Anyway, the article is DNA test confirms quote-unquote coyote was indeed a rare New York wolf. A little bit of a controversial title. Um, this is the coyote that got killed, supposed coyote, went off for DNA tests once, twice, three times. And it came back that 98% of the DNA was actually wolf DNA. Now, I wouldn't call it a rare New York, New York wolf, like it's a new subspecies of wolf. Um, That's the whole but, problem, um, right? That's the whole problem. <laughs> it's why I posted the, There's no such thing as a New York wolf. That's not Minnesota, a thing. Minnesota timber wolf. It's, it's, uh, there is a, such a thing of that, though, right? It's the basketball team, right? Nice. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you for confirming my basketball knowledge. There you go. Robbie and American Sports is an entire comical podcast episode. That and amendments. We should just do one on Robbie. Let's go through your amendments. Did you not have to study the Bill of Rights to get citizenship? You should have if you didn't. No. It was 130 questions that I had to learn. Um, What would be fascinating um, is if you asked us some of those questions to see how well we know it. Hell, you wouldn't wouldn't pass the test. No. Uh, and I'll tell you, you what, have, they're pretty strict at the test. 130 questions. I'll have to go get the book. I will We're going to do this next time. If you can find the test, that I pass it. You, you get 10 questions, 10 random questions out of 113 or 130. I can't remember now. You have to get at least 60% right. And then they quit 60%. asking questions. <laughs> Wait, yeah, you have to get 6 out what of 10. Is an F in every school in the world. What was the bet? What was no, the I know. Uh, we didn't make a bet. But it'll be interesting. Anyway, I got all six right straight away. And then I proceeded to get my wife's birthday wrong. Excellent. Yeah, it's a comical story with the Fritikin citizenship officer. And he's like, uh, what'd you say? I said, oh, 2380. He's like, you mean oh, eight, 2780, right? I said, yes, sir. <laughs> And he says, aren't you glad your wife isn't with you right now? I said, yes, sir. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Uh, anyway, back yeah. to the wolf. The first question that comes to mind, and Cody, you pose this. What is the wolf freaking holding in its mouth? If you go to this website, you go to the Go Hunt, just type in Go Hunt Wolf article. It'll come up, and there's a picture of a coyote coming out of a stream, and it has a very large thing in its mouth. 
I know what it is. Even better, Cody. What is Aaron, it? This article should be on our next newsletter. Okay. For those of you that don't know, you can go to bloodorigins.org and sign up. We send out a monthly n- e- email. Oh, he's got the hiccups. It's time to cut this podcast no, short I, I'll get rid already. Of oh my god! But we should put this in the in the next email newsletter. If you sign, if you go to our website and sign up for the email newsletter, and you tell us whether or not you think it's weird, whatever is in this wolf's mouth. What is it, Robbie? It's a mushroom. Yeah. It's a mushroom. Mm-hmm. A very large mushroom. Oh God. Aaron, Aaron yeah. just Hold leaned on. in a closer look. <laughs> it's a very large mushroom. It's actually quite a large morel, I think. Uh, maybe not That's a morel. That's not a morel. But it's got morel, morel, morel texture. Thousands of morels. It does have a weird... It's a big mushroom. It does have that it's a big texture, mushroom. but I don't think a mushroom would be like that pliable. Do... Oh, yeah, it will. That's, that's just the folds okay. of it. So you're telling me... Oh, let's just ask the listeners. Let's just ask the listeners. Maybe it's a piece of rag that's soaked in blood or something like that. Who knows? A bloody rag. Those were, yeah, it could be. Those were my two major points for including this article. What the hell is the New York <laughs> wolf? And also, what is it? You said a coyote. You think that's a coyote in the picture? No, no, no. It's oh, you said picture. coyote. I thought it was a wolf, too. No, wolf. And look, I don't, I don't see why there couldn't be a wolf in New York. Yeah, exactly. Come down from Canada, right. slip in amongst the woods. No worries, man. Easy. Maybe this lady from South Australia could eliminate archery wolf hunting in New York to save the rare New York wolf because she doesn't have anything else to do. But, but Cody, it's illegal to shoot wolves with bow and arrows in every other state. So, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like the, it's like the oh, Colorado man. cat thing where they're like, we're going to outlaw mountain lion, bobcat, and lynx hunting because we need to save the lynx that's endangered. Oh wait! Correct. You can't hunt lynx already. Like, it, it, mm-hmm. what, what are you doing? Don't you have something else? Don't you have a single constituent that needs your help instead of making up stupid shit to attack other people about? I don't understand. Cody, talking about that, any word on the street that, um, like, how if that's going to come back up? No, I have in the anything. spring. It got it got defeated very soundly. Um. Yeah, but will they decide to go the public ballot route? Yeah, God. That's one of the biggest conundrums in my life, is I truly believe in the public ballot. I believe in the wiki formula of the people make the smartest decision the more people you put together. Hmm. And How'd that turn out for Colorado? Not great. Not great. The last About 30,000 votes in the shitter <laughs> is how it turned out. <laughs> But hey, you're you. That's that's the the method you like, man. That gives the power to the people. It'll always work out in the long run. I truly believe that that it'll work out in the long run. And I don't, I don't know that. Uh, you know, I, I think having wolves in Colorado, I think having wolves anywhere where wolves naturally were, is a good thing. As long as you do it in a responsible way and have a plan to manage and control them. And I know some people disagree with me. Um, Dave Gittleson right now might be disagreeing with me, but I don't think so. I think he's the same way. Um, As long as I have a plan to control things and manage them. Um, But uh, 
yeah, I don't know. The cat thing died off. The hopefully they don't they don't come up with that idea. Got it. Long silent pause. Hello. Oh look, it's uh, seven minutes to the hour mark, man. You know, and it's like. Did you turn off all the lights, Cody's... Cody? You're like suddenly in the dark. It's... I'm sitting outside, and it's just I'm sitting. We have a screened-in porch that we call the office. And I'm sitting out here just so the noise of the uh, chaos of my house. There is a light, but I would have to get up and turn it on. Erin, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. do we want to bring up the PFS, the, the PFAS? PFAS? Sure. PFAS main that came across uh, Cody's um, AP press today as the last article to discuss. Do we sure. say PFAS or we say PFAs? PFAS. PFAS. Is that you just decided? It's not PFAs. That's a that's a uh, that's a commonly adopted terminology. Yeah, it is. Okay. So what did the article say? Just because I'm curious, I haven't seen it. Um, AP yeah, article out of the AP office in Portland, Maine, about the problems of forever chemicals that have mm -hmm. been found in deer. Yes. Um, in Maine and Michigan. And some some commercially harvested shellfish. I don't believe that it said where that was actually at. Um, and the problems that it could cause for hunters and tourism. So it was last year when we got the notice that there were high PFAS levels in water, soil. Um, the inland fisheries and wildlife were actually doing... I think they were doing water tests in Fairfield, which is near me, but not too close and discovered high levels of PFAS. So then they started doing more testing on other crops. And then they took, I think five, five to seven deer in the area and started testing them for PFAS. So I shot my buck the first, second weekend in November and got a notice a couple days later that um, everybody that was hunting in a general area should not, if they got a deer, they should not eat it and they could get a new tag because of the levels of PFAS. And there were no studies to say, you know, how much you would be able to eat or not be able to eat that would impact you and they're forever chemicals and they're going to accumulate in your body. And, you know, they have a long list of things that they cause you know, cancers, thyroid issues, all sorts of good, all sorts of good stuff. So they have been doing testing and expanding where the PFAS levels are the highest across the state. Um, I don't remember how many sites they have right now, but different communities are starting to do more evaluating of where, where the PFAS, where the sludge, the human waste that was spread on fields by these farmers through a municipal agreement um, where they have been spread, how long they were spread for, and then what, what does it look like for the crops? Because it's in the soil, it's in the water, it comes up through the corn, then the deer eat the corn, they're eating the grass, they're, you know, so it's the whole chain reaction. So there's been for the past year a lot of talk about the impact of it and how severe it is. But I wrote an article, I think it was it's in the journal, the Northwood Sporting Journal this month. It's on my blog. 
um, because there's an article, I pulled it up, uh, uh, it was published in the Journal of Science by Brittany Trang et al. And it explains how there are weak spots in the molecular bonds between carbon and oxygen that make up the head of the PFAS chemical. And so by targeting those carbon compounds, um, they're able to actually separate it from the rest of the PFAS chemical, and the whole thing will fall apart in about 24 hours. So they're doing studies that are able to break down these chemicals, but we just don't know what that would look like you know, in the long term. How do you take that breakdown and apply it to a pond? And then what does it look like to try to get the PFAS out of the water, out of the soil, out of the animals, all that good stuff. But I think part of the part of the issue right now is everyone's still on high alert, but nobody's thinking or looking at the fact that there's research being done to try to break down the chemicals. Um, there's a professor at the University of Maine in Orono that I believe just got a $250,000 grant to do some of the same work and figure out how do they break down these chemicals that are out all over the place. End explanation. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty hectic subject um, and certainly has ramifications, almost CWD type ramifications mm -hmm. on hunting right. and ho keeping your meat essentially, right? Um, and that's the sort of canary in the, in the mine shaft. CWD is just, sheesh. Right. Well, in a PFAS, you're going to get it. Like, let's say you have a farm that has chickens. The chickens have eggs. You get PFAS in the eggs, in the chicken, in your, you know, in your soil. So it's, it just keeps expanding in all of these things that are eating and drinking off the land. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do we have any, are, are, do we have, it all just seems like garbage to me, honestly. I, I hate to, I, say, I know I sound naive, or I sound like simple-minded, but do we have, do we really think this is a health hazard to us? They are, so they were looking at where the, there are higher levels of PFAS and the people that have lived in that area for decades and the number of cancer rates are pretty staggering so hmm. they can make a direct or semi-direct correlation between the health issues of these folks in these concentrated areas um specifically for because this is near me um in fairfield so in fairfield maine if you google pfas in fairfield there are all sorts of articles about people that are talking about how you know, they can't sell their homes because people don't want to move into an area that has the contamination and they're having, um, you know, cancer, thyroid, fertility issues in higher levels than folks that are not in these areas. All right. I don't I don't want to demean that. I just I. I, I, I don't know. I don't really. I, I, I think it's I think it's. Uh, I don't know. I'm just going to eat my deer. That's, that's, that's <laughs> and that's what a lot of people are saying. You know, they've been they've been taking deer off the land that has had this sludge on it for decades. They're living long lives and 
so be it. That's where I'm at. That's exactly where I'm at right there. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I've already had a good life. And I'm, I'm going to eat the next deer I shoot. Right. So it's just interesting to think that it's been a big uproar for the past year, but there is scientific studies being done on how to solve that problem. The article, interesting stuff. Again, the article just makes me mad at the media because the headline makes me think that this is some. And I'm, I don't mean to downplay the severity of it for the folks in that area, but it's a specific area in Maine and potentially one in Michigan, but not near as assured that it's in Michigan as it is a problem in this one specific area in Maine. And I don't mean to downplay the severity of it for those folks, um, but I, I, I still contend that me going out and shooting a deer and eating it is the healthiest meat that I can feed my family. Also, are, are there not PFAs in the agriculture or PFAS in the agriculture in that area as well, Aaron? There is. There is. It's, it's contaminating everything. So it doesn't matter if it's a deer or a chicken or eggs or corn or, you know, anything that like there are farmers that have had to shut down their their farms because they can't don't want to sell produce that have PFAS in them. But and it, PFAS is across the country. Maine is just at the forefront of doing some of this research and trying to address the issue. It'd be cool if those scientists can come up with that, as you said, that mechanism to break the carbon bond and make those forever chemicals not forever right. anymore. How does that work in practical application, though? Like you spray well, the fuel? I think it's got to go through a cycle. Right. I think it's just got to go through a, gen a sort of a life cycle of whatever um, organism has put the PF a PFAS or pay PFAS into the system. So a corn would obviously be a six-month cycle, a cow, eight-year cycle, whatever, you know. PFAS kind of bothers me in the same way that adult onset hunter does. I think we should, I think we should be saying PF, I think we should be saying PFAs. And okay, that's it. Just it, it bothers me. Does nothing bother either one of you, and you don't really have an explanation why that those things just bother me. We should probably have to, you know, as we're going to do a podcast about Robbie's knowledge of the Second Amendment, it'll probably do a podcast that is like. Let's go through the list of things that bother right. Cody. We're going to go over an Neither hour of them. that one, buddy. I can promise you. <laughs> it's going to be longer than an hour. So you better buckle up and put the kids to sleep because it's going to be a conversation. All right? Uh, hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. Aaron Merrill, thank you. Thank you for stepping in. Uh, we always love having you on. And um, yeah, don't forget, send us a podcast review and a rating. Uh, DM us on Instagram. Send us an email. Send us a text message at 620-860-4804. And uh, be in the running for winning some exclusive Blood Origin hat uh, or hats. We may pick two of you. Who knows? And um, become a supporter so to win a duck hunt or two. 
That's right. And don't forget about entering in to become a supporter to win a duck hunt or two and a, a boatload. Mm-hmm. I was going to swear, but Cody's the only one who swears on this podcast. A boatload of swag associated with duck hunting. You've dropped the F-bomb and you said I, I did not drop the F-bomb yes, today. You did. Yes, you did. It's always recorded. I did? And you said dickhead <laughs> today. You did. I didn't say it twice. You just said it twice. No, those so. are two words that you said today, and I'm always taking the grief about cussing on here. And I've I said jackass a couple. Times. I think I said asshole once. Those are like third. Those are PG thirteen words. You went straight rated R on this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, With buddy. Aaron, go get you another. Has the most class of any member of this podcast, and you're dropping F bomb. Ah. Couple more times on I apologize, the podcast, Aaron. I'll be dropping f bombs too. <laughs> Probably so. I wonder. Here's the question: Will Grayson drop out. an f bomb? Aaron, Aaron, buckle up, because we didn't even get to Dan Bilzeran. Let's go. Oh, Let's God. drag this. Out. Oh lordy. Let's drag this out. Let's go. Let's shoot for an just hour as we thought we were wrapping up. Nope, we're not <laughs> wrapping up. We're talking about Dan Bilzeran. You know what made me think of him? I'm gonna tell you what made me think of him. What's that? I said the word "dickhead" and his face popped up in my brain. That's what happened. Uh-huh. I'm uncom- Interesting. I'm uncomfortable saying that word in front of Aaron. I need to say that out loud, although I've done it multiple times now. But let let's talk about him before we get off, and let's drag this thing out. I know both your kids are already in bed. Let's roll. They are. I'm out of whiskey, so what? let's make it quick. Suck it up. He said, I'm out of whiskey, but the South African oh. accent in his mouth full of ice, you couldn't understand it. No. So what? So, so he, he went on a safari? Yeah, so Dan Bilzeran, or however you say it, posted a couple of pictures of him on safari. Number one, little suspect that there was a dead buffalo in one of the pictures, and even an outfitter commented saying, hmm, dead buffalo looks very suspect. Um, anyway, um, he was on safari. Took He had a bunch of pictures in his carousel, one of which was a rhino that was dehorned. And he said, I can't believe I'm on safari for the first time. I've always wanted to do this as a kid. I can't believe that people hunt these animals for sport. That was the comment. That's it. And we got drug into it. And I just commented. I just said, look, I'd love to have a conversation with you to educate you about the benefits and consequences of hunting. You can ask me any question you'd like, and we will answer it. And then we took that post and I decided to say, where the hell are our celebrity influences? Where are our celebrities? This guy has 33.5 million followers on Instagram, 15 million on Facebook. And he says that and I'm like, gosh, if you could just give a kernel of truth to your audience, it would be game changing for hunting. Game changing. So, yeah, that was about it. That was Dan Bilzerin, and we'll never get him to come on the podcast because I don't think he'll he'll do it, number one. And um, we're still dealing with a little bit of repercussions from it. Some guy commented, I've been, I've been going back and forth with the guy today who was quite um, 
this is how uninformed people are. And this is the stuff that we love, right? So this guy commented, this post is all wrong, pal. I think Bill's Ren is a nut job as a hunter myself. And so this guy identifies himself as a hunter. This is how things go, typically. I'm confused because his reference referred to sport and inferred how shooting a lion sitting in its pride or a giraffe or an elephant is effed up, not hunting in general, which I'm not sure how a quote-unquote hunter can call that hunting anyway. Go bow hunt in a safari desert and see how that goes for you. There's an absolute need for conservation, especially in Africa, but the schmuckies always come out to play with this nonsense misinterpretation. Silly, silly. I'm like, oh my god, what is you talking about, right. son? So I said, I'm super confused by your comment, and there seems to be a lot of assumptions that I don't think I can unpack in a single comment back. <laughs> there is a general assumption, and you made it, that hunting a lion, giraffe, and elephant is not quote-unquote hunting, which you, which you follow with. I don't know how you can call that hunting. You know that lion hunting is done over 21 days of hunting, question mark. You know that it's all age-based. You may see eight lions, but if they're not over eight years old, none are taken, question mark. You know, people often walk up to 180 to 100 kilometers in order to find the right elephant and look over 400 elephants before finding the right elephant. In order to find, then that doesn't even happen. You know that where giraffes are hunted, their populations are increasing? Question mark. Lastly, you know that hunting these animals and other protects 1.5 million square kilometers of habitat alone in Africa. So here's his response to me. Holy shit. Never said. Never said I don't like or was against African hunting, but if you classify driving up, a, up in a land cruiser and shooting an old decrepit lion whilst it sits under a tree hunting, regardless of the percentages, I'd be cautious to hold any validity to your rebuttal or thought on the matter. The karma for that lion is his time will come, but I'm going to guess you're not actually eating that lion either. Hence my argument towards sport hunting and conservation is my point. The other point about growing the pop this is the one that kills me, this part. The other point about growing the population of a giraffe is quite comical because you're comparing this problematic growth. I don't know how we inferred problematic from my right. statement. It was a good thing. To the same problem that Texas is having with feral hogs. <laughs> oh, and he just keeps going on. And then he ends it. He says, to eat their own power, but you'd be better off joining the organizations that hunt poachers because it's probably just as rare to find the right one. Then he says, and I mean no disrespect, as it can come off condescending through context. <laughs> to which I respond, no disrespect taken, that's not us, discourse is good. But I think you take a very small minority of hunters and paint a broad brush across all right. hunters. The giraffe point is, simply, is, is simple, like all wildlife, where they have value, they're protected. Look at places where they're not hunted, their populations are dwindling. Why? No value. Oh, and he mentioned somewhere in that comment that, and I forgot to say, um, he talked about lions having, you know, rolling up and snatching a kid, but you know who are? Hyenas, jaguars, and a plethora of other animals. So I then had to say, uh, no jaguars in Africa, by the way. Full stop. Lastly, do you know who invests the most in anti-poaching in Africa? It's the same people who protect 1.5 million square kilometers of habitat. Hunters. Appreciate the dialogue. So this was all on the Instagram yeah. post? Like the initial? This was our, that okay. was our Instagram post. But there's a bunch of, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. If you go to Dan Belizeran's page, let's see how many. 
it's because it's a big page. Obviously, three point thirty-three. It's still the thirty-three point 33, five. Thirty-three point five million. You know, his post is still there. Um, I can't see our post right now. Maybe he removed it. I don't think he would have removed it. But it had like two hundred and maybe he did review remove it. Mm. It had like two hundred and eighty likes. <laughs> but it didn't fit his narrative. So I'm pretty It didn't. No, and I don't think he would have removed it. It's just, you know, when you're dealing with um how many there's four thousand one hundred comments on the post. Eight hundred and seventy six thousand likes. What? His post. Oh, no, no. I was talking about our our comments. Comment. You can like people's comments. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, it, here's the thing about Dan, uh, Dan the man here. He's it, it, just an idiot, right? I mean, it, he's an idiot living off of daddy's money, got dropped out of SEAL training twice, has never succeeded in anything in his life, but just completely uses attractive, scantily clad women to consider himself an influencer, right? Like, I, I don't, I, I think this needed a conversation, and I, I, I really like the way that that uh, Blood Origins and you handled it on on social media, Robbie. I think that was exactly the way to do it. But other than that, the, the dude, he's not influencing anybody whose opinion really matters. And right. I, I don't mean, I don't mean to degrade anyone out there, but, and I, and I guarantee you that there's people that, you know, it's, uh, you know, I, I can understand where it would be fairly hard for a, uh, red blooded male to not <laughs> check out his posts every once in a while. Right. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not, uh, judging that. Um, but, there's zero credibility in this guy whatsoever. Um, and, uh, you know, you can go through the fact that he's thrown someone off of a roof and landed on the concrete and all of the things that he's done in his life that are just screw ups. Um, and I wish we, we have to deal with it. I agree with that. That's blood origins mission to deal with people who, attack hunting that have especially people that have 33 million instagram followers um but his opinion i've got a dog whose opinion matters to me more than dan bills opinion does two dogs i got both my dogs opinions are more important to me than dan bills no there you have it yeah. folks over one hour and 15 minutes of amazing roundup. <laughs> Thanks to Dan Bilsran. Ugh. Ugh, indeed. I just, I had to go back oh, well. into my Instagram and like research a bunch of stuff just so my algorithm doesn't get all messed up from going to his profile. Do it. <laughs> Dan Bilsran. Who'd have thought we'd be talking about him on the Blood Origins podcast? Who'd have thought we'd have got to an hour sixteen? We're in hour sixteen, Robbie. Are you? Are you? Are your armpits sweating? 
No, my my throat is parched. That's why you need a bunch of water. That's why you pour a big glass. That's right. You've still got a little bit left. Aaron, thank you. I appreciate you. We appreciate you. Cody, always a pleasure. Glad to have you back. Absolutely. Thanks, Aaron. Appreciate it. Of course. Ciao, ciao. Bye. Well, that's it for today. I appreciate you listening, as always. Leave a review, share it with your friends, and most importantly, do what's right to convey the truth around hunting. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors, every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep-sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! Oh! Look at that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.